0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Digital Digital Get Down. We are your normal hosts, Heather and Bennett.
1: Back in our home studio.
0: (laughs) And this is uh, episode 34. We are drinking a Albarino from Argentina. Did you just roll some R's? Mm. From Spain. I tried.
1: Espana. We were
0: practicing Espanol earlier. Or I was talking at you and you were annoyed at me.
1: Yeah. Well, you made... Homemade pasta today, but that's Italian, and then we were speaking Spanish for some reason.
0: Yeah, a little bit all over the map. Mixed cultures. Um, we did not do very well with our <laughs> fancy dinner. I don't know that it was worth the two hours and every pan and pot in so our not kitchen gonna, dirty. we're not
1: going to pivot this to a cooking
0: podcast? No. I know you were enjoying pretending that we were on My Kitchen Rules, yeah. our favorite bad Australian uh, reality show. Reality cooking show, yeah. But um, no, I don't think it's a career path for us. Oh. Huh. And uh, I was just debating whether I wanted more wine. Yeah. And I said that I didn't know if I should have more, but I wasn't feeling very funny, and you yeah. told me to pour some more. Pure pressure, so, you? Yeah. Good. Um. So, I'm in see. a
1: great mood, because Jennifer Aniston is single again.
0: That's your update? Yeah. Is that your good news?
1: I just thought I had such a witty comment when I said, wow, I guess she just saw season three of The Leftovers. <laughs> wah, wah.
0: Yeah, very true, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I also found out earlier that um, you do not know that false eyelashes are a thing.
1: Yeah, no, we were watching a show and there she started picking at something on her eyelash, and I was concerned.
0: Yeah, falsies—they're a real thing. I'm sure Jennifer Aniston wears them. No, yes, yes, she definitely does. She definitely does. They're like a layer of fake eyelashes. What's wrong with regular human eyelashes? Because it makes them look like bigger, more voluminous, better, more voluminous.
1: Okay. We also just caught the end of NBA All Star Saturday Night. What's your take on it?
0: I wish I hadn't.
1: It was very challenging to watch any of it. You had five grown ex NBA players shouting at each other. Yes, with no cohesion. To no, no it at order, all. nothing. No. Yeah. Wow. That was an experience. It used to be one of my favorite days of the year when I was. I, I thought when NBA you were player. I thought
0: when you were jesting about it, it was going to be the draft, which is my least favorite of no, any. No, I sport. wouldn't
1: subject you to that.
0: I know, but you made a comment, so I thought. Yeah, yeah no, uh, I did not enjoy it. Okay, I would have rather watched Nathan Chen's.
1: Well, it's our short it was program. our one night off from Olympics. We've been, whew, head down in ice skating. I take back what I said last week about me being a big. Winter Olympics fan? I just love ice skating. It's not the Winter Olympics.
0: You always loved ice skating and gymnastics. Yeah. yeah. Used to do gymnastics routines in your living room.
1: I love to make fun of gymnastics and their their chalk.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, and now you know I'm into rhythmic gymnastics. Yes. Which I feel like is like the sister sport of figure skating.
0: Rhythmic gymnastics to gymnastics is ice dancing to figure skating.
1: Huh. Interesting.
0: Disagree. No, I see what you mean. Yeah. It's like the less jumpy agility version of yeah. it. But with some of the same skills. That
1: could be like an SAT question. You're welcome. Um so yeah, mail program was last night long program. Yeah. Should we talk about what happened about NBC about what?
0: I think we need to start with a little context for people that don't know mm-hmm. anything about the Olympics or haven't really been following it. Yeah. But so the male figure skater, the U.S. figure skater with, like, the biggest uh, expectation, expectation yeah. going in was Nathan Chen.
1: Yes. 19 years um, old. They, they rolled a video of him at, like, age 11. Over
0: and over. Not even 11. Like, no. 8. Like, saying, what Olympics are you going to be at? He said, uh, I think 2018. Yeah.
1: They showed his angry ballet teacher saying, Nathan, you're going to do fantastic. And if you don't, I'm going to kill you.
0: They had all of these. Elementary clips. school teachers. It seems like they picked a couple athletes to yeah. just like laser focus on and like set these ridiculous expectations on their shoulders. Yeah. Nathan Chen, Michaela Schiffer. Yeah. Both of them disappointing in the end. Yeah. In they both had sp-
1: brief moments of glory, but in the end, they did not. It was not. too
0: much. Yeah. Too much pressure on these young athletes. Too much pressure on
1: me. I almost threw up.
0: I know. So Nathan Chen did not do very well in the team event in which the U.S. No. are into bronze. No. He fell um, a couple times. Just did not look good. His short program for the men's individual event
1: disaster from start to
0: finish. Disaster. He was supposed to be easily number one or like tough call number one, and he was like number seventeen.
1: Right. Pretty much. Pretty much fell on all three jumps.
0: All of his jumps. And then... And
1: was dancing, was skating to Benjamin Clementine, one of my favorite new artists. Yeah. And it just absolutely spoiled that song. I can never listen to that album again.
0: It's just... Yeah. I just feel sick even thinking about that routine. Yeah. It was just hard to watch. Like, we had a bad feeling about it just from the expectations on him, but oh my gosh. I kind of want to find a
1: YouTube video of him doing it well, because Tara Lipinski kept saying, oh, this, this, this such is such a fantastic him. program. Yeah. It's not, it's I'd not love like to see him. it done well. <laughs>
0: Um, So then comes back in the long program. Well,
1: here's where I think we should mention that there are two other American
0: male ice skaters. Yeah, and one of them, Adam Rippon, is getting a lot of coverage because he's just, like, gay and proud. And he's one of the two first gay athletes, openly gay athletes, to compete in the Olympics. And I think the first to win a medal because the hockey guy, I don't think, won a medal. He was skiing, I thought.
1: That was hockey. Eh, got the
0: beard with the broken hand. Okay, could be. Anyway... Um. So. So his, he he
1: kind of like peaked right after the short program because Adam helped really well with the team event. Yes. And then had a great short program, and his interviews after them were really really funny. But then his la- his previous his like second to last interview he kind of jumped the shark a little bit.
0: <laughs> Says the straight dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But he definitely has been like fun to watch, sure. I suppose. But then Vincent Vincent Zhao. Yeah. Poor kid. He is our favorite probably. He was my out favorite when we
1: saw like the interviews after the, the US championships, and like they were when asking they Nathan the all the questions. Yeah, and they and Adam was like speaking as like I'm the father of the team because he's, he's the old. Oldest, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, no one really talked about Vincent. So apparently there was drama on the night before the short program because uh NBC, proper NBC the main channel missed his short program, which included the first ever what was it quadruple quad lutz. quad lutz
0: landed at the Olympics.
1: So we were watching on the alternate channel, NBC Sports Network, the whole thing, and so we got to see it. But there was a lot of controversy for that night. Yeah. Then we fast forward to the next night, which
0: we had actual plans, so we recorded. Right,
1: we do have to say that we did DVR them, yes. but I recorded two channels for like a total of like four eight hours, hours each. of footage. Yeah. Yes. So I was pretty confident I would have captured everything because figure skating is not like a a baseball game with an indefinite ending. Like each skater had four minutes, it should be it clearly their scheduled. Break and yeah. yeah. So. So Nathan Chen actually skates first because he's in such a low position.
0: Attempts six quads, lands yeah. five of them cleanly. So nobody yeah. has ever even landed five in the Olympics, and he did six.
1: And I just wanted him to land one jump because I was worried he would never land another jump and he'd, like, retire tomorrow.
0: So he puts up, the like, one of the biggest long program scores of all time. Yeah. And... Uh, vaults him really into... Well, he's in
1: first place for like the next hour and a half
0: Yeah, much. because yeah. of his... He did so bad the first night he was down with a lot of the lower-ranking yeah. skaters, so he just seemed completely out of their league when he's, when he's on his game. Yeah. Um, but then it wasn't enough in the end because yeah. his first program was so bad that the cumulative scores he didn't have a chance really.
1: So then... Uh, our NVC Sports Network recording cut off because apparently they were changing the, the channel guide or whatever. So it switched over. So I said, oh, the rest of the, the routines must be on the main channel because we're coming down to like the last 10 competitors. They're and not going to miss two of them these. are American. Yes.
0: Vincent Zhao and Adam Rippon.
1: Coming up. And so we switch over and I start fast forwarding to catch up to where we are and it's just Alpine, Alpine, Alpine for like an hour and 45 mm-hmm. minutes. Which apparently Lindsay Vaughn did terribly. Yep. And so we start fast-forwarding, and there's all of a sudden they jump to Adam Ripon's performance. But Vincent was supposed to go just before him. Yeah. So they totally never showed it. And now I just read up that there's another layer of controversy because the Alpine skiing fans are mad at the ice skating fans.
0: For skipping away from skiing? Yes,
1: because have you heard what happened in that skiing event? No. Where NBC called the gold medal, said, oh, this, this lady won. And there was actually 25 skiers left to go.
0: 25 left?
1: But none of them were supposed to be anywhere close. And then this bizarre story, there's this former snowboarder who decided that she would just kind of sign up for an event this year, which I didn't think that's how it worked. <laughs> and she asked Michaela Schifrin if she could borrow her skis, so she used her skis and like kind of jump down the mountain instead of like following the course exactly and she beat the leader who everyone had proclaimed the gold medalist. And so that's why like at one point during the skating they're like, "Oh, we just heard there's a little bit of an upset, so we might jump over." And then when the zamboni breaks, they did go over and show that. So it is just I understand a that they have mess. a
0: hard job because they're trying to show a bunch of things that are happening at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, show the American skaters. And poor Vincent Zhao didn't get joined on the main channel either night. And no. he was amazing. He was rock solid. The first day, he did so well. The second day, he was yeah. right behind Nathan Chen, who's yeah. supposed to be like way out of his league. And, and so, he's so nice. we
1: did what NBC tells us to do, which is to go to their, their apps and watch the enhanced version on demand. You can see whatever you want from every angle. So we're like, okay, we'll catch up on the routines so we are we start so we watching a
0: Canadian one, and then we're going to start... We literally just clicked play on Vincent Zhao.
1: And a pop-up comes up and says, oh, this event just concluded. We're about to roll your post, post-match post wrap-up information. And
0: we obviously didn't want to get spoiled. Ah! Yeah, we made that noise. Yeah. Tried to turn it off, then it wouldn't actually let you watch it because it wasn't live, but it hadn't been updated on their replays yet.
1: No. Wow. <sighs> so anyways, in tell the, us what happened in the
0: end. In the end... Hanyu, the Japanese skater who was the gold medalist in Sochi and had a horrible injury like a couple months ago, like super recently, he skated a magnificent short program. Yeah. And just knocked it out of the part of this long program. It was beautiful. He was so adorable. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like he de- absolutely deserved it.
1: And he was the only skater across both nights where I was like, oh, he, he's going to land his jumps. Like, he actually looks confident coming down.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like, a lot of them, they're like, was that rotations? I can't tell. Yeah. His was like, clearly, the skate landed exactly where it took off. Like, beautiful. Yeah. And then... Um, second place was Shoma Uno, which is the other Japanese skater, who's like Hanyu's little mini, like mini-me. Yeah. Literally mini. He's very small. Yeah. And he was so cute, and he almost had a chance to upset Hanyu.
1: It wasn't going to be that close. We were most concerned that we did not want to let Nathan Chen come in fourth, because he was decimal points away from the person ahead of him in the end.
0: Yes. So, if he had come in fourth by like four tenths yeah. of a something, that would be awful. coming in fifth, it's like farther enough away, like right. high enough up that he redeemed himself Very in the first night, yeah. but yeah. lower enough that he wasn't gonna have to like what if everything to death yeah. um I'm sure he still is but and then the the exciting news too is that the third place person, the bronze medalist, mm-hmm. was Javier uh Fernandez yes. Fernandez yeah. Javi from Spain, who is the first person from Spain to medal in a figure skating event. Right. So even though he only got the bronze in the end, like that was pretty historic for his country because no one's ever medaled from Spain in figure skating. So, and he just seems so nice. Yeah. He was like just so genuinely happy. You just want them all to be best friends. I like do you want, want say them all to be best friends, everything. and they all are because they're all trained by the same coach. They're rink mates. Yeah, that really
1: pissed me off. I is know. that all the best male skaters? Not Vincent though. Go Vincent. Um, all had the same coach, and so he was literally switching coats and telling one guy, "Oh, great job, hug. I gotta go though, cause my next guy's up." Yeah, unbelievable.
0: So, long story short, yeah. we're really leaning into the figure skating. Long this year. story
1: short, we are, our children will never take up an, a winter Olympic sport or a summer
0: Olympic sport. Yeah, there's just too much pressure. Like, yeah. everyone is just crying. And, like, there's, it's, it's basically a lose-lose situation because mm. that when the expectations are so high, like, if you get anything except for first... yeah. You're you're a loser. Like, you didn't live up to the expectation. You failed your country and your coach and, and your it's family. it's one
1: thing if you miss a shot in the NBA finals and you have to come back next year. But to come back in four years Most where, of them can't. Yeah, your body may not be in physical shape to do it again.
0: Like, they've literally trained every day for four years to get to this. And then because you have one off day or one off performance, like, that's it. It's awful. Okay. Does, so that, much pressure. does that
1: cover all of our good and bad news? Um, I have some like else? Olympic
0: adjacent good I have and a bad few news. Headlines,
1: so you do yours. Did
0: you also. see um, that Sally Field, the actress, she was trying. Is she to, gonna do a sport? No, she was trying to match make her gay son with Adam Rippon. Oh wow! <laughs> her son like texted her saying that that he had like a crush on Adam Ripon. Yeah. And she responded being like, "He's so pretty. Find a way. Go for it." And then she tweeted at Adam Ripon with a screenshot of that conversation with
1: I was going to say like (laughs) I I shit on Twitter and social media quite a bit but like it is good for those things like it can connect Adam Rippon and Reese Witherspoon like why not just use it for that Freddie Spears
0: was the newest one
1: okay like what we don't need to do politics and shit on it just use it for weird ass shit like that I disagree but
0: that's like the only way I get my news um so bad news for Olympics the Australian skier who like did his ACL oh, in a the snowboarder who broke run, his neck. and uh, then yeah. the snowboarder broke his neck. Yeah, just awful.
1: Yeah, and there was one other Australian athlete who said like he had he was from Queensland and could get no more funding, so he was going to have to retire too.
0: Yeah. Um. Other good news is, did you see the Obama's national portraits? Yes. For the gallery. Yeah. Michelle Obama's was inspiring. Mm-hmm. I want a copy of it for our house.
1: Okay. Is that weird? Probably. Okay.
0: But. I really, yeah, I really loved it.
1: Why don't we get a character artist to to, to draw something of you and we'll just put it next door?
0: Yeah, no. I don't think that would work. Um, do you want to do your good news or should I jump into my bad news?
1: Um, you keep going.
0: So, I don't even really know where to go with my bad news this week. I will probably start to cry if I talk about some of them. I just like talk, the state oh, of our yeah. country. Mm hmm. I I'm just gonna like rattle off a few things that really especially bothered me this week.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and I'm gonna go from like least to worst. Um, I, they're all kind of the worst. I don't know. Um, there's a bill that's trying to go through to let pipelines just be built in our national parks with no permission from Congress. Like you can just build a pipeline through the national park if your com- company gets approval.
1: Okay. Doesn't sound great. <sighs>
0: Um, the department of education has come out saying that they're going to reject any sort of complaints about, um, like trans bathroom issues in schools. So they're just like any complaint about a school being like harassing a student about what bathroom they use or not, um, like working with them to figure out a solution. They're just going to ignore all of them.
1: They're just not valid. We need some more wine to get through this.
0: And there's of course the shooting in Florida. Yes, um, which I've already been in many Facebook debates with people that we know about how to deal with that, and I guess like the uh, if you want to know more about how I feel about it, like consider yourself warned. But you can check my Twitter mm. at Heather three two four if you want to kind of do a deep spiral, deep dive into mm. um, what my Twitter feed has looked like lately. But the my main takeaway from it is if your hypothetical ability to own an assault rifle means more to you than students' lives, then I just don't know where to go with the conversation from there. The idea that you could potentially own some cool assault rifle and that idea of, like, a hypothetical is more important to you than kids getting gunned down in school, Mm. then I don't know what to say. Yeah. So... I don't really want to get into it too much, and I probably like will cry. Mm -hmm. Um, The good news side of this is those kids from that school are like are gonna change the world. Like, have you seen all the stuff about those kids? They're like going on CNN. They're speaking out. They're sharing all these horrible videos of them, like while they're hiding in the school and the text messages that they send to their families. They are not just like being sad and kind of cowering in fear. They are like done with this bullshit. Like they are they are out for Congress blood basically for not, not uh, fixing this problem previously and for letting it keep happening. And I'm just so impressed by their strength at, at, at being able to go through something like this and then come out of it and be like, no, this is it. This needs to change and like taking positive steps. Um, yes, yeah, So I, I hope they can be the change that we need to, to fix this problem in this country. And I'm behind them hundred percent. So that was
1: well said. <sighs> Thanks. That's it? That was, that was your bad news? Gosh.
0: <laughs> Is that bad enough?
1: Wow. I don't really have any good news to perk you up about. My only real good news was that uh, WEI, back from the homestead, Yeah, the worst, the worst Boston sports radio station, they, uh, they had to turn off their broadcast for a whole day so that every single employee could go to sensitivity training. Wow. This was in response to a bunch of things The but Tom Brady the Tom, was that WWE. Partially the Tom Brady yeah. thing, yeah. With their whole all their hosts and staffs being kinda out of touch with with reality. So yeah, they went officially off the airwaves for twenty four hours.
0: And oh, not your good news, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um remember when you wanted a job there. Bad news this one just just impacted you directly hours ago. Hot off the press.
0: Okay. I have no idea what you're going to say.
1: Google Images.
0: Yes! It's a serious problem. This is my bad news as well. For for decades,
1: you would go to Google Images, you would search for something inappropriate or appropriate, you would find the one you want, and then you would click the button that said... View Image. View Image, which would just give you the plain file, you could steal it, you could... And you would just copy and it, paste that link and download send it, to it Yeah, whatever. And then... I was randomly like, one day this week, uh-huh, I don't see it there, and if I click on it, it's not opening. And then, yeah, this story on The Verge came up and said Google has done this uh, on purpose in order to control copyright better. Yeah, It was a
0: serious problem today. I thought it was speechless. just mobile. I thought it was just because mm-hmm. I I was on my phone that it wasn't allowing me that option. But it was a serious problem today because I tried to just save the picture and then repost it somewhere. But, like, saving and then reposting, it, it always downsizes the file. Yeah. So you're making a face That's at me. That's not
1: the word, but sure.
0: It uh compresses the file. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it compresses the file. So by the time you... Do multiple download, upload, download, uploads. It's compressed so much that you can't even read it. It's all blurry. Yeah. Now you're looking at me again. Downsizing is the great
1: Matt Damon film. Big sponsor of this show.
0: Um, So I was very frustrated because I was trying to share a graphic about gun control. Yeah. And it was not working. Uh, My other
1: last bad news just like hit me out of nowhere. You remember the name Jake Peavy? No, No.
0: Major League Baseball pitcher, pitcher.
1: yeah, was stuck on the Padres for a long time, was like one of the best pitchers in the NL, but like they never made the playoffs, he ended up with the Red Sox, one of the last years that they won, and he wasn't that great, but it was so exciting for him, he retired after that with his ring, and then all the stories came out afterwards about how he loved being in the parade so much they bought a duck boat,
0: yeah okay
1: yeah he's completely bankrupt now
0: and is he selling the duck boat he's
1: gonna have to sell the duck boat so this interviewer went to see him in his house which now he can't even like afford and he can't afford the duck boat it's like rotting in his garage he apparently fell into a ponzi scheme and his supposed financial advisor lost 20 million dollars
0: 20 million yeah all right i feel a little bit less bad i was gonna I feel a little bit more bad. Okay. I was going to say, I don't have a lot of sympathy for professional athletes who then are later bankrupt in life. It's like, what, you have no skills. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, like, no, save it sounds like he got your swindled, money. though. But if he gets legitimately swindled by like someone who was claiming to be a financial advisor, yeah. I, f- I have a little bit more sympathy because if he was trying to invest his money and be smart about it mm. and just like didn't pick a good investor, I feel a little bit worse about that. Yeah. Athletes, like... The duck boat thing is just strange, though.
1: Yeah, that those you end up with a duck those boat. Those can't have a
0: lot of street value. No. No. I don't know.
1: Not unless you're planning to invade a very small <laughs> island or something. Unless
0: you're trying traveling back to 1942. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. There you go. We're laughing about my bad news. That's great. Did you
0: see what I just did there, though? What? I connected it to our book.
1: Did you? Duck Boats 1942.
0: Got it. So we're going to do Children Love the Books first. Sure. Okay. Segue.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so the children love the this. This is all
1: improv, people.
0: <laughs> um. So we are talking about a book called The Impossible Lives of Greta Wells, by written
1: a, by a man, by
0: Andrew Greer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. You read it more recently, so do you want to give the summary?
1: Sure. The main character's name is Greta Wells. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> and the reason her lives are impossible. Okay, let me back up. So she, the present tense mm-hmm. is in 1985. Sure. She lives in vague New York. One of my issues <laughs> with this book is like.
0: They, setting. Yeah. They're like, she's Blurry setting. Like, it's settings. New York,
1: but yeah, it's not that important to know any details or see any of the scenery or anything. Um, 1985, height of the AIDS crisis. She has a gay twin brother named Felix. Mm-hmm. Fifi. And he dies from AIDS. Uh, his partner still survives, and Greta Wells is feeling very down because not only that happened, but her husband left her as well. So she's stuck with her like cat loving old aunt, Ruth. Um, and she kind of diagnoses herself with depression, tries a lot of things to get out of her funk, and then resorts to what, what do you call it electroshock therapy? The bell jar. Yeah, so I was really into it in the beginning because I was like, this is like the bell jar. You're going to see her depression like on like on full display and you're going to see how she's dealing with it and what is this going to do to her brain and all this stuff. But then it becomes a time travel book. Yes. So I don't know she,
0: why I thought to recommend this to you because...
1: Yeah. No, you tried to talk me out of it. Okay. And then I read the synopsis and I was like, no, I'm going to like this one.
0: Okay. Because you generally hate wishy-washy time travel. Yeah. So, and this is the definition of wishy-washy time travel. So
1: yeah, the way the logic of the time travel works is that she has like a set of like 17 uh, sessions with this doctor for shock therapy. And after each one, she goes to sleep and then she wakes up in a different time.
0: I would say it was less time travel and more like some sort of weird parallel universe or something. Correct. It wasn't actually,
1: well, it wasn't actual like true time travel. It
0: was like alternate reality travel, like traveling to a different dimension or something. So
1: first she wakes up in 1918. Mm -hmm. Uh, As
0: herself, though. Like what her life would be if she lived in 1918.
1: Surrounded immediately by the same people. In her life as yeah. well. Her Aunt Ruth is there, Felix is there alive and her, gay.
0: Her husband is, is in the
1: war all, at that But he's that still
0: one. he is her yes, husband. Same in that name world. and everything. And is this the one they have a child? No. Okay.
1: So she's in nineteen eighteen, and the character of Aunt Ruth is just like a stand-in to like give some dialogue and make things work because she's just like all in on it. She's like Oh, you just woke up from 1985? I'm cool with that. I'm not gonna question any of this. Well, there's
0: gotta be the believer character in yeah. these types of stories. Yeah, I just
1: didn't think it was quite well done.
0: But she was supposed to be like eccentric, quirky. A little bit aunt.
1: So anyway, so in each in each time period, Greta Wells of that time period is having these shock therapies. So she has another one and ends up in nineteen forty five, I World think. World War II. Yeah. Um, and in this one, Felix is also around, her husband is alive and present, but maybe not totally committed, and yes, they have a child is the big reveal in this one.
0: And her brother is closeted in this one?
1: Uh, and in the older one, too, yeah.
0: Closeted in both of them, because it's obviously... In one
1: of them, he's engaged to a woman, which takes over way too much of the story, because Greta needs him to be herself, has no concern with the fact that he'll probably be, like, burnt at the stake. Yeah. If he is himself, but... She just wants him to live his truth.
0: Yeah, a lot of the story was about her brother and not about her, which is fine because it's her twin brother and he's a big part of her life and he's a big part of the reason that she's depressed in the present timeline. Yeah. But it did devolve a little bit into his story. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of... Did you read um, Tell the Wolves I'm Home? No. Or did I put that one on your list? No. It's about this girl whose uncle dies and... She starts receiving packages from his mysterious friend mm-hmm. who turns about out to be his partner, yeah because her uncle was gay, but like, the family didn 't want her to know, mm-hmm. so it turns into the story about her gay uncle and like his life, but it 's like really about the girl okay or it seems like it 's about the girl, but it 's really about the gay uncle, yeah, so it reminded me a little bit of that, um where it 's like trying to tell a gay story without having it be the protagonist, yeah,
1: I have to correct myself the middle storyline is in 1941 which is important to note because Pearl Harbor happens in her timeline and I know it's not meant to be a time travel changing history book but if you're if you're there from the future and you know America's about to have its like worst surprise attack attack in history just make a phone call
0: yeah pick up the phone say keep
1: an extra eye out on those ships Maybe yeah. they won't believe you, but maybe they'll keep send it an anonymous actual... tip
0: send a letter. Yeah.
1: so yeah, there's absolutely no attempt to make well, that's why
0: I said it's a mystery
1: link it's here. much
0: less of a time travel. I know things from the future kind of novel, yeah, and much more of like a weird parallel universe thing like like the meaning or the the message of the book isn't necessarily um, things would be better in a different time of the century yeah it's more like you can't have everything like your life is never going to be perfect like yeah. you can't you can't have everything that you want like in one of them she ends up really liking that she has a child but she doesn't like her brother's fiance and her yeah. husband's not really 100 percent with her in a different timeline she gets this amazing lover yeah but uh her husband leaves her or something yeah um, and then that gives her a not very awkward position within society. Correct. And then in her current timeline, she can be more of herself because it's the most modern timeline. Yeah. She doesn't have to feel like she's watching everything she says and does, but she's lost her husband and her brother. So it's like what... And, and spoilers ahead, I suppose, hmm. but the question ends up being um, which of these timelines makes her the happiest, like which of those aspects is the most important to her, and then... Morally, if she's getting switched into these other timelines, surely the versions of herself are getting switched into her life.
1: Yes. So that's my other big thing about the book is that the the physics of it are just not developed enough. At so all. yes, each time that she leaves one of those bodies, the other Greta, as Aunt Ruth calls it, appears and lives out for like the next six. But days. in a
0: rotation. Yes. So,
1: I don't even understand how they could, like, lead somewhat continuous lives. Well, she starts
0: leaving herself notes or something, doesn't she? I don't think so. I thought she did. I don't think so. But then it ends up being interesting because towards the end, she stops going to, to one of the timelines. Yeah. Because that person has decided to stop the electroshock therapy well, within like, that rotation. Well, travel away,
1: so she's not home for it.
0: Yeah. So, she, like, ends up missing yep. one of them. Um, so then she really ends up only in the choice between two of them, if I recall. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then it ends up being the question of like, well, that one that she can no longer access has obviously chosen to stay in that life. Mm-hmm. So if she's going back between the two of these, is it morally reprehensible of her to leave the other Greta in this life when she has no brother and no husband, but maybe is more modern, so she'll be happier there because she it has more freedoms as a single woman? Yeah. Or... Or is like, does that person feel just as constricted by her current timeline as Greta felt like by her as uh, main character Greta felt like by hers? Or, yeah, I don't know. So it comes this moral question as well as this, this personal internal question
1: yes or it could just be that because they're putting shockwaves into her brain she's hallucinating these things which yes. is what i kept waiting for it to come back to well you
0: can kind of interpret it that way though I guess because so, yeah. there's no physics in it yeah. it kind of begs the question of is this really happening or is she right. having these yeah. ridiculous, like, day long hallucinations or like fever dreams? Like, is she just in bed with these dreams? Right.
1: Now, I never say this, but this book needed to be like a couple hundred pages longer wow. to work for me.
0: Okay, why? What do you think could have been fixed in 100 pages?
1: Well, first of all, the structure of the book, like, is set up to work perfectly, but the author doesn't use it well. It's like the first few chapters are labeled with dates, so it's like, uh, September 7th, 1985, and then you jump to the different timeline. But then, like the author got so tired of describing certain events of each day that he would then blend them, even though the chapter heading said 1941, he would jump between all three timelines in one chapter. It made no sense. So he should have spread things out. He should have let the different plot lines develop more within the different timelines. And yeah, I would have been interested to hear from these other Gretas who were jumping between different times and i wanted to go save the united states from pearl harbor
0: that's what On you would say off you are such an american i would save what? hiroshima and saki that's a few years away so way more people died there than at pearl harbor not that pearl harbor wasn't terrible mm. but i mean i guess you don't know she the, can
1: save them all i guess
0: you don't know the long-term ramifications of. Of the nuclear kind of build up without if having that. If she saves that, Pearl Harbor,
1: maybe there is no atomic bomb. Fair. Mm.
0: I guess that's worth a shot. Um, I would have taken another hundred pages just because the writing was so fucking beautiful. Yes. The prose. Some and, really nice passages. And I'm not always someone who cares that much about Who's a little literary. Writing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm. Like, I like a good enjoyable writing style where I'm like you know how to write you don't just have an idea for a book and then just decide you can be a writer like me uh you actually are good at writing and a natural writer and I felt like that this author was a natural writer yeah and I felt like the some of these questions were almost inconsequential for me because I I wasn't enjoying the book because of the weird physics of parallel timelines i was enjoying the book because it was so fucking beautiful and the the personal revelations that she has and like the way some of the passages are written were like stop and like take a breath beautiful
1: yeah usually in literary books i'm like please can you like Follow some sort of plot or, like, tell us what's going on. Or just, like,
0: don't spend six of the eight pages of a chapter talking about grass on a hill or something. And in this
1: one, I would have taken that. Yeah. And instead, he was, like, too bogged down by the premise that I think he got lost.
0: I didn't think so. I thought it was a good balance of it. Hmm. Um, I, I would some...
1: say go read Time Traveler's Wife instead, but I didn't really like that either. So just go watch the movie and enjoy Rachel McAdams.
0: I would say read both. I I, I like Time Traveler's Wife. It's sitting on our bookshelf over there. Yeah, But I think this one was... I don't want to say more cohesive, mm-hmm. but it was definitely a little bit more interesting with the the multiple timelines, or multiple completely separate timelines, mm-hmm. whereas in Time Traveler's Wife, you're just seeing the same life, but right. in not Different. in consecutive order. Yeah. Um, and I've always found the ending of Time Traveler's Wife a bit abrupt and strange, mm-hmm. um, whereas I kind of liked the ending to this one. Yeah. But I also, I'd like to reread this one sometime, I think, because I think, like, the... Having moved from somewhere recently, Mm -hmm. for us, like, the idea of, like, do the external surroundings lead to your happiness, or is it something that you can manage internally? Mm -hmm. I thought that was, like, a decently handled well in the book, and it brought up some interesting questions of, like, if you're just constantly in your head about, like, what's going to make me happy, which is the right choice, what's going to make me happy, which is the right choice, are you actually in the cycle of, like, making yourself less happy, or... You're getting
1: deep, girl. Yeah.
0: I'm just. Mm. You told me to pour more wine. That's good. Um, so, yeah, I think I would like to read it again from this kind of vantage point, I think, because I enjoyed those kind of questions of what is ultimately going to make you happy and are you, even, are you even qualified to decide that? Like, you are obviously not an unbiased – that was a double negative. You are obviously a biased mm. um, person in these decisions, so it's hard to tell what's going to make you happy in the long run just in the short term. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, would you recommend this book and to whom? Um, I don't know. You're making a face. I would. I recommended you it to you it. even though I was concerned that you would hate the time travel.
1: Well, I was going to say I can't recommend it to people who love time travel. It's not going to satisfy them. If you, if, yeah, if you like literary books but you want a little bit of like a speculative edge to it, then yeah, give it a shot,
0: I guess. That wasn't super uh, <laughs> super emotional or anything. No. Um, I would recommend it, I think, for me, because I do like time travel, but I'm not a huge like, sci-fi buff. Mm-hmm. So I thought it kind of hit the right notes for me of balancing really beautiful prose with still having an interesting enough story and captivating enough like characters and, and decisions to keep your interest. So I think well, if I you said. like a good balance of literary and plot, and you may be intrigued by time travel type plots... Um. Then I would definitely recommend it. Give it a go. Okay. Do you know if he's written anything else? Yes. <laughs> you, you, yes, you do know, or yes, he has. Yes. And any of them? Any of them good? Uh, why don't we? If
1: only we had a book website that that could do these types of things. You
0: should get a free account at. Book digits. will double D I G I T S dot com. I
1: don't think you should look up Andrew Shaw's career. He though. got an F the on his other one. Story of a Marriage, grade F.
0: And The Confessions of Max Tivoli, a novel, grade C. Wow. That was his earliest one. Wait, that was his first one. Almost
1: exactly in line.
0: Second one. That's because they were his earlier ones. I wonder yeah. if the Greta Wells one was kind of. He learned his lessons from the first one because those mm-hmm. ones were 2007, 2008, and Greta Wells was 2013. So, and so you're okay
1: with his, his writing of female characters?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Because I was cringing the whole time reading it, like worried that you were going to have a
0: rant about it. I feel like I should quantify that I read this two and a half years ago. Yeah. So it was a little bit before... <laughs> um, you yeah. got woke? I didn't want to say it like that. <laughs> before, like, my inner feminist bitch came out. Oof. Um, and before a lot of the events of the last election and everything, which has kind of brought things more to a head. So I would be interested to read it again. But I, oh. I didn't... At the time, I don't remember finding a problem with it. Yeah. I don't think he... Obviously, a lot of the issues that she has are... Women's issues or feminine, feminist issues from the different timelines that she's in. Yeah. But I think more of the stuff that struck me is more like I said of just human experience. Yeah. Kind of thing. The only thing
1: I can think of is that she does have like a constant drive in all the storylines to become like a housewife. And yeah, it, but
0: part of feminism is being able to make that choice. Yeah, it doesn't
1: come across like that. It's like that is like the American dream for a woman.
0: Okay, I guess I'm not the best person to speak on that because I haven't read it in a few years sure. where I might have like a little bit of a different lens looking at it now, yeah. but I don't remember seeing that as an issue at the time.
1: Okay. But
0: don't take my word for it.
1: End segment. We got more to talk
0: about? We do. You have been begging me for Mary. weeks to talk Mary. about this next one. Bedford Falls! We don't need to distinguish between TV shows and movies with our little intro. We no. have a good mov- uh, TV show one. We'll work on it. Um, so we are talking about a TV show this week. The best
1: show on television. You have been
0: begging for weeks to give your analysis of this. So we are going to be talking about The Good Place
1: mm-hmm.
0: on NBC by yeah. Mike Schur and some other Parks and Rec people. Yep. We are specifically going to be talking about this most recent season, which is season two. Dos. Duh. Yeah. Bye. Okay. I don't know. I, didn't, I was just trying to learn Japanese. Domo? I don't know what two is. Domo Aragato? Anyways. Hmm. Um, so we are going to talking about The Good Place Season 2. So we did talk about The Good Place Season 1 on one of our earlier podcasts. Did? For sure. You don't believe me?
1: I don't remember talking about it. Full How segment?
0: much do you bet me?
1: I bet you a lot.
0: Cleaning up the kitchen.
1: All the clean, all cleaning. Cleaning up the kitchen. Handshake. Yeah. You're not gonna find it. People, write in, write in, and let us know.
0: I'm gonna find it.
1: We didn't do it as a standalone topic.
0: Yes, we did. Shit, maybe we didn't. <laughs>
1: it was on your list for a while. Is the issue?
0: I really thought we talked about it, though.
1: Wow, this is awkward. Shit. Okay. Master we'll, of none. We'll deal friends? with this later.
0: Shit. To be fair, I already cleaned up most of the kitchen. Yeah.
1: Okay. Do we need to explain the premise of The Good Place? Damn it. The Good Place <laughs> is Mike Schur's <laughs> show about the afterlife.
0: Follow up from Parks and Rec. Yeah, uh, follow up from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, officially. You're right. We didn't talk about that one ever yet, either. No. Okay.
1: Um, so, in The Good Place, there is a good place and bad place, and your entire life is, like, put into an algorithm, and if you end up doing more good things than bad things, then you end up in the good place, otherwise you end up in the bad place. So, spoilers for season one, you meet four major characters.
0: Eleanor, played by Kristen Bell. As kind of a bad character, which is really fun to watch her do, because she's usually like sweet Disney princess. Yeah, no,
1: she's just a bitch, pretty much. Basic bitch. Um, Yeah, basic. Then you have Chidi, the philosophy and morality, what's his official title? Ethics. Ethics. Ethics professor. Then you have um, Tahani, who is this like British upper class,
0: Yeah the female brown version of an of narcissus what's the greek myth narciss narcissusies
1: uh anyway and then have jason what was his name in season 1 jin jin yen jin young i don't even remember no idea okay he okay How do you explain season one?
0: So in season one, um, it focuses mostly on Kristen Bell at first. Yeah. And she wakes up. She's been told that she has died and she's in the good place. So basically, there's this system, ranking system of everything you do on Earth. I I
1: told the people this as you were
0: searching. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, So, anyway,
1: she's really surprised that she.
0: She's shocked and she thinks that there's been a mistake made because she does not deserve to be in a good place. She was like a neutral to bad person. Yeah. Um, So, she doesn't believe she's meant to be there. And all of this weird shit starts happening.
1: In the neighborhood, as they call it, which is run by Ted Danson's character.
0: Yeah. So, all this weird shit starts happening and it's really focused on like her events. And she starts to get worried that they're going to find out that she is a bad person and she's a fraud and not meant to be there. Yeah. Her soulmate... Did you talk about soulmates? No. Everyone's assigned a soulmate. So her soulmate is the ethics guy, Chidi. Chidi. Yep. So she convinces him to like get in on her con and help her learn to be a better person so that she can kind of earn her place in the good place. And as the season goes on, you learn that Chidi's not really meant to be... Uh, no, you learn Jason first. Right. You learn that Jason mm-hmm. is not really a Buddhist monk, right. um, despite being of... Um, Asian descent. Yeah, I couldn't remember what hmm. nationality he's meant to be. Despite being an, Amer- an Asian American, he is yeah. not a Buddhist monk, and
1: does not have a vow of silence. Does not have a
0: vow of silence, and is like probably the stupidest person you'll ever meet in your yes. whole life. So he's also a fraud. Um, and then as the season goes on, you find come to find out that all four of them are um, right frauds. And at the very end, huge spoiler. So if you haven't watched season one yet and have been like thinking about watching the show, turn this podcast off. Now, yeah. so it's the bad place all along.
1: Oh, my God. I kind of saw it coming. She's so
0: I kind of saw it coming, but not right away. Like, not until, no. like, one of the last episodes. So it turns out that... Tr- m- like making them think that they're a fraud and being constantly worried that they're going to give it away and that everyone around them is better than them and they can't reveal the secret and everything. That's like this new version of torture yeah. that Michael, um, Ted Danson's character has come up with and is like t- trialing.
1: Hell is this bureaucracy. And so he's basically in their like R and D department. Management. And this is like their beta test for like, how can we torture people? More creatively.
0: So what happens, she figures it out, and then Michael resets everything which, like with, like, his magical hell powers. And But she leaves a note.
1: We haven't even mentioned Janet yet.
0: Oh, yeah. She leaves a note with the magical robot. The best character in the whole show. Not no, a robot. We
1: were talking about Spider-Man, and I said how tired I was of these Siri jokes and shit like that. Janet is the exception. Yes. To Janet is the best part of this show. Janet... Like, by I'll, far. Watch her spin off.
0: I want to be her for Halloween. Yeah. So... Eleanor, Kristen Bell's character, leaves a message with Janet, not a robot, the kind of android um, helper, secretary. Digital assistant. Digital assistant. um, To tell her to find Chidi Mm -hmm. in the next segment of their Bad Place. Yeah. Um, So, season two goes kind of a bit strange.
1: Early on, Early
0: on. Like, they really just went with it. Yeah. Um, So... Within the first episode, it gets reset like ten times. Yeah. So basically, they keep figuring it out sooner and sooner and sooner. Every right. time Michael tries to do some sort of different variable, they figure it out. And it's usually Eleanor who figures it out. But sometimes it's other people and one time it's even Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, so they keep figuring it out. And Michael Ted Danson has been lying to his boss the whole time. Correct. Also on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the boss. Yeah. Um, saying that it's still the first run. Yeah. And it's going great. Or the yeah. second run, I think. Second, I think, yeah. Um, even though he's on try number 307 or something. Yeah. So he is keeping up an elaborate lie to his boss so he doesn't get fired. And then also trying to manage his demons who are getting frustrated, like his helpers from hell. Yeah. And trying to make sure that the main human characters don't figure it out. Yeah. And that all happens in the first couple episodes. True. And then um, they actually spoiler again team up with Michael yeah um which was a little bit of a lull in the middle of the season they had some funny gags of like Michael not being a human and being like kind of evil and trying to pretend that he's human or or learning how to be human and like having like an emo phase and a midlife crisis and stuff so they had some funny moments there Mm -hmm. um but I think there is a little bit of a low definitely there um do you want to jump in I feel like I'm talking too much
1: Well, yeah, we don't have to detail the entire plot, but in the end, obviously, you know, they're going to be caught to some degree, and so they have to... They end up having to navigate the bad place, and they're constantly trying to escape. Maya Rudolph shows up with a burrito,
0: and she was not great. I usually love some Maya Rudolph, but I didn't. think There was think a she lot was of right predictions character. about
1: who this surprise guest star was going to be because it was probably going to be from the NBC Mike Sure Universe,
0: right? So Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Nick Offerman would have
1: been fantastic. A lot of Rosa good Diaz. options. Rosa
0: Diaz. There would have been some good Brooklyn Nine Nine ones. Yeah. Um. My Rudolph was fine, but I didn't think she... She was just kind of mediocre. I didn't think she added a lot. Yeah. So,
1: so yeah. We gave a good rundown of the plot, but that's, like, all that happens in the show. It's just a very And it is a 23-minute comedy. Yeah. Everyone, like, puts an asterisk next to it and says, this is the best network show right now. And I understand what they mean, but I don't, I'm not going to give it any free passes just because it has to appeal to a general audience. It's...
0: I would argue that it's the cleverest, this type of comedy in a while, but that does not make it the best or the most fun to watch. I think sometimes it's too clever.
1: It's the most contrived show I've ever watched, is the word that I
0: use. There's so much detail put into it that it feels a little bit forced sometimes.
1: And it's a little mathematical. And
0: you have to think a lot about it. Like I, not to say I don't want a smart comedy, but when we get home after a a long
1: day... And you say, go ahead and put on a short show, I will click on Big Bang Theory or Boy Meets World rerun.
0: And yes, we know Big Bang Theory is, is a problematic show, but...
1: Before, because when we watch The Good Place, I have to go, okay, I'll watch The Good Place.
0: Like, I'd rather watch Parks and Rec on repeat all the time. That's just more my type of comedy. So you would think that this would work for me, but like in the order of Mike Share comedies, Parks and Rec was the pinnacle for me. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is enjoyable, but not always like laugh out loud funny. It's more like a little bit of a chuckle. Yeah. And then this show is kind of like me cocking my head like a puppy going, huh, okay.
1: I see why that's funny. I see why that's funny. I get it.
0: That's funny. Like, yeah, it's one of those ones where you're saying, oh, that's funny, and not laughing.
1: Yeah. It's got a little bit of the flavor of community, where people love... And there's so many inside jokes in... In uh, the good place,
0: Bortles.
1: Yeah, the Blake Bortles thing, which Blake Bortles made it to the AFC Championship. So, yep. Mike, sure, there's so many pop culture references, which is something that bugs me in literature and to a certain degree in television, just because it ages so poorly. I was borderline. just going to say that, yeah. Blake Bortles, like, is still a joke. Still has a weird name, but he could be in this. He could. He was one quarter away from being in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and you built an entire character around the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, yeah. yeah. Everyone knows Jacksonville sucks,
0: but it's not that funny. And like, I appreciate the, the attention to detail. Like the funny, like every time there's a reset, there was different like puns of food yeah.
1: oh, restaurants started with puns. But yeah, the clam <laughs> a. chowder a. episode and the frozen yogurt jokes. And yes, you can walk around and to your other middle class friends. You can go. Did you go to the place last night? We now have an inside joke with Eleanor and Ha <laughs> ha.
0: Yeah. Um, the one thing that I will say is I appreciate of the show. That was not a sentence. The one thing I will say I will appreciate about the show is that it does take some risks. Yeah. Like if in the writer's room or like for the network to be able to say, Oh, we're gonna reset it sixteen times and it's gonna in, be the first in episode. Minutes, yeah. And yeah. And also the end of season two, spoilers again, um, they get sent back to Earth. That's the only yeah. like It's the only fix they can come up with to appease the judge is to have them rack up more good points on Earth in order to be able to legally get into the good place. Yeah,
1: I'm not optimistic about that. It feels like a a lost side plot. When I
0: looked looked up at a little bit more online, I appreciated it a little bit more because it's it's a really good parallel to how season one ends that she has to find Cheaty, and that's season one ends with the note that it's find Cheaty, and then season two ends with her. Like, with Michael leaving her kind of a tip to find Cheaty and she finds him.
1: Yeah, this gets to one of my issues with the show is that I don't care about Eleanor or Chidi. Um, Especially about not them, not them being together.
0: I cared about them in the first season when there was a lot of development between the two of them. Yeah. Second season didn't feel the chemistry, didn't really feel it. Like I feel like they were focused so much on like, how do we get out of the how do we get out of the bad place? Is Michael double crossing us? What are we yeah. gonna do with this? That like they didn't give a lot of time to breathe for some of the character relationships, and I thought that one suffered.
1: Yeah, and you're just supposed to count on the fact that they saw a video of them being romantic one time, so now they have that in their history. Well,
0: and a lot of that was off-screen. Like we yeah. because they skipped so quickly through a lot of these resets, you didn't see them interacting every single time. And I think that's a good thing. You wouldn't want just season after season of, of a different version of the same season one. But at the same time, you skip over a lot of that but character. But I, I, I would
1: strangle Chidi if there were no ramifications.
0: <laughs> you would kill the ethics professor?
1: Can you imagine? Like, if if, she and, if he and Eleanor ever get married, that marriage would last like six minutes before she would kill him.
0: Well, I think the point is balanced. They bring out the best in each he is other. Not, no, he cannot balance anything. But you haven't seen the two of them balance together. Like in the first, that's what I'm saying, the first season, she does chill him out a little bit uh. compared to when you very first, first meet him and in some of the resets that you see. But I don't think that development and that balance between the two of them working together is shown very well in, in the second season and then the ending kind of hinges on you caring about that already.
1: I'm partial because, you know, you know I struggle with science. Yes. But I hate philosophy more than any scientific discipline. I took one philosophy class... Worst class
0: you ever took.
1: ...in college, and I was depressed for like 18 months after it. It was all about death and how life doesn't matter and how everyone in history has already thought through everything that you've ever thought and you're not unique and all this terrible stuff. And it just... I don't think people... I'm so against overthinking things in general, and that's all philosophy is. It's like, let's take a simple idea, and let's beat it to death until it's, you know, zapped every ounce of interest. Is this chair
0: really here that you're sitting on? Yeah,
1: they're just atoms, and what is an atom, really, if it's just a figment of your imagination? My god, I would not be able to sit in a room for five minutes with GD as he picks a fucking hat. Pick a fucking hat!
0: (laughs) Wow! I haven't seen you this angry since NPC coverage last night of Men's Olympics.
1: Um. Also, the middle place. I. Oh, you're over it. Those all those stories. I don't understand what Mindy St. Clair is in the show and why she's so horny and loves cocaine.
0: See, vaguely. Why is she stuck in the middle place? They couldn't decide. She's the only person to ever come out as the absolute zero, neutral. Yeah. She. They. They explained it that she died. At the same second, basically, that she set up this foundation to save like orphans, mm-hmm. but she was only doing it to like avoid tax evasion. So she did such a good deed for such a bad reason that it equals See, it, like this equals zero. This show
1: sounds so genius on paper or when spoken aloud, and then when you watch it, you're just. I wonder not... if it
0: would be a better book. Do you think they did it backwards? Do you think it should have been written book or comic? Uh...
1: I'm almost kind of thinking like in some other short format, sort of. I don't
0: know. A movie? I don't know. I just think that a lot of it, you're right, it does look better on paper. And then in the show, it, it's not always not super fun to watch. It's very regularly. Um, There's always like one very writerly, point about
1: point. 18 minutes into the episode when Eleanor goes, Wait! I think I get it. Yeah. You were doing this in the fucking trolley episode. When they spend twenty seven and a half minutes, and then it on connects at the last, ethical the very dilemma. last episode yeah. about the
0: trolley. When Michael's like, I know the end of the trolley program, the trolley. It's problem. a sad
1: day if the trolley's going to run over anyone. End of story.
0: Well, he's that's how Fix he solves tracks. it. He kills himself, so he doesn't have to kill either either person. Oh. So we're still watching it. I enjoy it more than you do, for sure. Yeah. Maybe because I don't hate Cheedy so much that I would kill him if there was well, the no other legal biggest discussion. The
1: only negative thing I've read about the show is that. Season 2 tries to leave you with the idea that all four characters have improved on their deficiencies. But Jason's deficiency is that he is the dumbest person on Earth. And what proof does he have that he's actually improved from his previous state? Very little. I
0: would say that they make jokes about him being dumb, but I would say that his actual problem is more that he is kind of like, I don't wanna say selfish because that's more of the other that's more of Eleanor's problem. Mm-hmm. But like unaware of what's going on around him. Yeah. And I I like to think that he gets a little bit better at that in terms of like working as a team. But <sighs> Tahani Tahani's the
1: only one that I really like actually. Approves to
0: some extent. I know the internet <laughs> I a funny thing being like why didn't they have the full reset of Tahani being Eleanor's soulmate?
1: Yeah. Because there was that one kind of half
0: second of, like, a reset where you saw just, like, a snapshot of it. Yeah. And it was like, this is your soulmate, Tahani. And she, like, comes in.
1: No, Tahani is my favorite of the four.
0: Um, I think I still like Eleanor.
1: Huh.
0: But Janet's the best. Janet's my actual favorite. Yeah,
1: so I would say watch the show for Janet. You know how I feel about binging in general. This is one show I would say go binge it. Watch 10 episodes in one day and watch the second 10 another day. Short
0: episodes and the episodes do change up enough that I don't think it gets too repetitive. Yeah. Or, um, and I think you will catch a lot more of the things if you watch it all in a row because they try very hard to like make a lot of parallels and connections. Yeah. Um, so I, I know some people that just like love it and think it's the best show ever. I think it's a good show. I think it's an interesting show and I give it a lot of props for being different because I complain a lot about how every TV show is the same. And yes, I've been able to predict some things in this TV show, but it also is not like any other thing on TV. So I give it a lot of props for that.
1: And it connects to our George Bailey intro because, you know, the, the season two finale and perhaps into season three is Eleanor you know, seeing what her life would be like, whether she's dead or not dead. And she has a bartender or a guardian angel telling her different things. So we'll see what happens.
0: So I am, like I said, I give them props we're doing something totally different. And I'm intrigued intrigued to see where they go with it. And I'll definitely keep watching. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't think it's the best show that's ever been made.
1: Yeah, I've been ranting a lot, so I don't hate it as much as I've made it sound. And my... um, my biggest complaint with Brooklyn Nine-Nine is how it is just, like, a bad parody. A, a mediocre parody of Parks and Rec. Like, each of the characters lines up exactly. Yeah. So, with this show, he definitely did not do that. Now, he steals from a lot of the same cast members. Yes. Adam Scott shows up and does his douchebag mode. Yeah. Um,
0: but it's fun watching them. It's fun watching Adam Scott be such a dick when he was kind of, like, the lovable yeah. geek in Parks and Rec. And it, I still think it's fun watching Kristen Bell be be kind of bad when she's always yeah, a princess and it's fun watching Ted Danson be evil for a little while too Sure,
1: but there's still no Leslie Nope and there's no Ben Wyatt, and there's no Ron Swanson well in
0: Eleanor show. is supposed to be Leslie Nope.
1: I'm saying but she's not and Michael not.
0: is supposed to be Ron but Swanson but she's not so it's good that they're not archetypes and there's a lot of but ands they're, they're all ands I would say ooh yikes
1: yeah
0: but Jason's not Andy Dwyer
1: no and Rafi shows up
0: yeah the internet
1: loves that he has wind chimes as his dick they cannot get enough of that joke
0: i feel like that's one of those things in the writer room where they just like it was like almost like a who's line episode where they just wrote things in a slip of a hat and yeah. pulled one out and said like a mad lib that's it was a very mad lib. well said it was a mad lib or it was like a yeah
1: um
0: a who's line so a sketch, episode. Yeah.
1: yeah well said all right, bring <laughs> us bring us home, honey. I only got one upcoming, and I assume you have I... it at the top of your list. Video game? You're not going to mention
0: it? Oh, yeah, I was leaving you to mention it because yeah. you were trying to hide it from me.
1: Hmm. Spyro, the Spyro the Dragon, supposedly, I don't think it's actually confirmed yet, but the next, it's not going to be a new game, it doesn't sound like it's going to be the Crash Bandicoot treatment where they just Oh, that's what I want. It. I don't actually yeah,
0: remember very much of Spyro.
1: I only played it for, like, a couple days once but by the time.
0: I you basically beat Crash Bandicoot, and I just cannot, cannot Ooh, do Crash it. Crash Bandicoot, so hard.
1: Hard. jumping over pigs.
0: So hard. That's the only episode that I... Uh, episode? That's the <laughs> only level that I was good at was that yeah. pig one. I saved us on that one. Yep. The rest of them got nothing. Yep. Um, did you see the Janelle Monet thing at all? Have you been on the internet? No. Do you know who Janelle Monet is? She's flawless. Yes.
1: Yep. She- Carry me home tonight. Onwards and upwards to an acting career.
0: Yes, to like awards nominations. Oh, so she has released kind of a little bit of like a Beyonce esque. Um, no, Who runs the girls? Um, she has released this teaser trailer <laughs> for her newest album slash song slash music video. Yeah, that
1: is what Beyonce does.
0: Where it's like this fully formed, like kind of post-apocalyptic or like sci-fi kind of world and it makes no sense but it looks so good so I'm it has in. her it has tessa thompson the um, new music. the valkyrie from thor yep um yeah i have no idea what's going on but i'm into it
1: okay as long as we don't um, have to listen to the same song on the radio anymore
0: <laughs> so done with the radio <laughs> um speaking of black girl magic we are going to see... Is that hashtag? Yes. We are going to see okay. Black Panther on Monday. We've got our tickets. Yep. So we've both got the day off of work, not for President's Day, just to dance.
1: I don't know what's going to happen because I'm going in personally with extremely low expectations, but I have the high expectations of everybody else in my brain. So I don't know whether I'm going to be disappointed or...
0: I don't have a lot of specific expectations for the movie, but yeah, I am expecting to be a little bit blown away.
1: A Marvel masterpiece it was called today. The first Marvel masterpiece.
0: I, like, it's about damn time, but I, I don't know. I just don't care that much about superhero things and Marvel things aside from Thor, which was one of my favorite movies of last year. Mm -hmm. Um... So I kind of have, like, no expectations on, like, the Marvel superhero front. But, like, yeah, as a societal movement, I have feelings mm-hmm. that it should be incredible. Um, so we'll see. I'm trying to go in with kind of, like, not too many thoughts about it. I'm trying to not look at a lot of spoilers. But okay. more on that a different podcast, I suppose. And um, the last one I have, is, have I mentioned that book, um, A Gentleman's Guide to... Vice and Virtue. Yes, thank look you.
1: Us finishing each other's...
0: Sentences. <laughs> podcasts. I mm-hmm.
1: done One um, bring it home
0: so there's a sequel to that coming out
1: oh. called Lady's
0: guide to petticoats and piracy wow and i'm excited about it so that book was okay for me we mm-hmm. might do it on a, a later podcast so we don't want to talk about it too much but um really cool premise like meh execution in my opinion um like Good characters, but just the overall plot and like the pacing of it didn't really work for me. But um, one of the best characters was his sister, the main character's sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was not developed as much as I would have liked for how badass she was. Well, I, I'm assuming and hoping it focuses on her.
1: It's probably going to be from her perspective. The same yeah. events, you think, or different? I events? don't think
0: so. I think picking up where the book left off, the first book left off, but I haven't looked into it too much. But um, I'm excited about that. And it's got a pretty badass cover, so.
1: I'm hooked. I'm sold. I'll go read it right now. I
0: might now. make you read that book sometime to talk about it on the podcast, so we'll okay. will see. Can I go to sleep now? Yeah, I need to get up for work tomorrow. Okay. So, um, as usual, if you want to follow our Twitter so I can share a lot of these links and stories, it's at Getdown. If you want to look at my Twitter to see what's been going on in my brain slash my Twitter feed lately, warnings ahead, trigger warnings ahead for sure.
1: Mature audiences only.
0: Um... It's at Heather Three Two Four.
1: Woke Audiences Only.
0: And if you wanna make a Book account, it's free and it's B double O K D I shit mm,
1: <laughs> Who's your pick in the ladies the ladies program?
0: Ooh, um.
1: I'm basically just seeing if you can remember any of the Russian names.
0: Yes, that one. Medeb did Not her, not Yuvengia. think the young one. Not, Uven- not Yuvengia. Y- y- the other one. What Sorry, was the I other called one's her Russian. Name? She's an
1: athlete from Russia.
0: <laughs> yeah, what did we even talk about that? <laughs> um, I'm going to look it up real quick. Not Yuvengina, the other not one. Not Mirai. Not Mirai. I think she'll do really well. Alina Zekitova. Zag- it's on the record so she would be my pick she just has some really amazing jumps and I liked her too too so um I'm excited for that so and Mm -hmm. ice dancing you know I love those Canadians Tessa um Moore and Scott Netting wait Tessa Netting and Scott Moore that Mulan Routine changed my life so Um, I'm gonna leave now before I start slurring my words even more okay thanks for listening and we'll see you next week bye see ya you gotta get down when the get Well now, get down, get down, earth get down, whoa, whoa, get down, earth get down, whoa, whoa. Maybe we can talk our neighbors into doing the same thing. Get down, get down, get down, get down. Get down, get down, get down, get down.